For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. And now your host, your host, Yes, what's going on, everybody? Happy it's Thursday, man. Rohan, it's Thursday morning. The Niners play today, man. How excited are you today? Hey, man, I mean, it's a different Thursday feeling than what we usually have. You know, we usually we've had a show a couple of times. We have our Thursday show, but this is different because we got game day today. You know, it's a it's a nice little game day show, a little bit of a twist, but excited to talk shop. And I mean, 49ers, they're playing football. Everyone's excited. Yeah, man, it's it's cool because, you know, we do our Thursday shows, which is usually what three, four days ahead of the actual game. But today is game day, man. So we got a lot to talk about with these Giants. I'm looking forward to it. I got a lot of uh, good questions for Rohan. Uh, can't wait for this show. So thanks, everyone, for being here. Much appreciated. Uh, I, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about what well, real quick, though, actually, before we dive in too quick, I want to say hi to everybody. Nick Nice. What's up, man? I don't think I've seen you in here before. Maybe you changed your name, whatever. But welcome to the show. Kim is here. Always love when we get a female perspective. Thank you for being here, Kim. There's too many men here, so thank you for being here. Much appreciated. TC, what's up, buddy? Nice to see you. Uh, oh, all you guys are tapping in. Great to see you. 49er Jeff, uh, Tantare, Tantara. Maybe I'm saying that right. Maybe I'm not. I'm trying my best. I promise you. 49er Jeff, SF Bay drummer. What's up, man? And then Niner Gang, who's got the is the most optimistic Niner fan in history. I love his energy. Uh, thank you guys for being here. Eddie G's Eddie G's in the building. What's up, Eddie? Thanks for being here, man. All right, guys, let's dive into the show, man. I got a lot of good things planned. Make sure if you haven't yet, you like this video for me. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe to the channel. Want to keep growing for sure. All right, Roro, let's talk. Does your mom call you Roro, by the way? Sometimes, sometimes it just most times playing Rohan, but sometimes, yeah. If, if I was if I had a kid named Rohan, I would call him Roro. All day long or row, but row sometimes that, too. Yeah. Or, and then I would sing, You can't play with my row, row. I used to, I don't know, it's probably before your time. Do you remember uh, Yo Yo, the rapper? I do not, unfortunately. See, before my the time. song too Ice young. Cube, Ice Cube and Yo Yo, and it was called You Can't Play with My Yo Yo, and that was the melody. I would substitute Yo Yo with row, row. Um, hey, but, make it work. This, this, this probably isn't that important right now, considering it's uh, game day. So let's talk about 49ers, man. Uh, Daniel Jones, man. What are your overall thoughts on Daniel Jones? Hey, I mean, Daniel Jones is an interesting guy. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Maybe not a lot of people will agree with me. I've been a slight fan of Daniel Jones throughout, you know, throughout the, the last few years since he got drafted. I do a lot of draft prep, and that's where I get to know these prospects. And I, I like Daniel Jones a little bit coming out of the draft. Now, did I like him to get take him at the number six overall pick? No, no. Uh, I would not have taken him at number six overall probably. But, you know, I liked Daniel Jones a little bit coming out of the draft. So I've always had a bit of a soft feeling for Daniel Jones, especially understanding the circumstances which he's played in New York. But he's an average-level quarterback. I don't know if he's a franchise guy. He's an average level quarterback that I still think has untapped potential this far into his career because of how he's been utilized thus far. But average level quarterback, you know, fine arm strength, fine, uh, solid enough athleticism. Um, and really the main thing for him is just not turning the football over because that was the biggest issue with him throughout the early portion of his career. Yeah, I, I actually like uh, Daniel Jones. I know um, a lot of uh, Niner fans give him a hard time because – you know, he doesn't seem to perform well, but I, I just think a biggest part of that is, one, his offensive coordinator prior years, not, not not as much this year, but in prior years, and his offensive line is maybe one of the worst in the NFL. He, he has no protection. If you watch that Cowboys game, he got sacked seven times. He was under pressure the whole time. 
But if you really, really watch it and dive in, he was able to avoid a ton of pressure. I know he got sacked seven times, but he was still so mobile that he was able to avoid a ton of pressure. I think if Daniel Jones was on the 49ers, I think he'd be pretty damn good, honestly. So I actually respect Daniel Jones. I think he's a good quarterback, but I think he's going to struggle tonight uh, against the 49ers for sure. I mean, I, I think so too. I said this last week, and may, maybe, you know, you can you can call me out for eating my words or something like that, but I said the 49ers would dominate the Rams last week. And again, the score, a seven-point game, wasn't necessarily how indicative of how the game ended because of the last-minute field goal. And the, Ram, the, the Rams played better than I expected with their offense because I wasn't a fan of the 49ers' defensive approach. But I think it's a similar sentiment this week, especially with the injuries, with no true running game. I mean, they got Matt Breida, but you're going to have a struggle in the run game, at least to the left side, where they normally have their chunk plays because no Andrew Thomas, no left guard and Ben Bredesen either. You're missing your entire starting you know, line on the left side. You're also missing Saquon Barkley. And so that means it's more pressure on Daniel Jones. And against this defensive line, which we're waiting for that true breakout game, well, we had a really good one in week one, but, you know, one of those really, really competitive efforts where you see it spiral on for the remainder of the season. I think that that type of effort is there in week uh, in, in week three because the Giants operate differently. They hold on to the ball a little more. They try mm -hmm. for shot plays rather than, you know, dumping it off and trying to move quickly. And so I think that plan might just not work well against the, uh, against the 49ers and the way that they operate defensively. Yeah, Daniel Jones, if you look at his numbers, I, I should have had him prepared better for you guys, but Daniel Jones is actually really good when he's not under pressure. Mm -hmm. uh, it's when he's under pressure, when he struggles, he does hold the ball too long, which probably creates more pressure than he would if he got rid of it quicker. Um, but under pressure, he's not good. And I hate to break it to Daniel Jones and Giants fans, but this evening he's going to be under pressure. The Cowboys yeah. sacked Daniel Jones seven times. The Cardinals sacked him three times. We're going to get into some predictions a little bit later, but I'm curious what you think the Niners are going to do to Daniel Jones. If the Cowboys are sacking him seven times and the Cardinals are sacking him three times, how many sacks are the Niners going to get? And is Bosa going to end his drought? Zero sacks in five games, one sack over the last seven. I mean, I, I think it has to happen, right? If, you, if you're talking about Daniel Jones and the way that the Giants operate, like I said, uh, it's – it's tough because the Daniel Jones likes these shot plays. He holds on to the ball. I believe his average time to throw is around three seconds, which is much lower than the the regular norm for quarterbacks. And you're right. When you look at the numbers, Daniel Jones is much worse under pressure and a pretty, pretty crisp passer in the pocket when he's not under pressure. But there's one of those things that's going to happen on, on Thursday, and that is pressure. The 49ers are going to create pressure, and this is just with their four down linemen. You also saw Steve Wilkes amp up the aggressiveness in the second half, and that might mean more blitzes, which means even more pressure, you know? And so to me, I don't necessarily know exactly, I can't necessarily pinpoint a sack number, but I do believe the pressure rate might be above 30% or 35%, which is a significant task for yes. any defense, let alone the 49ers defense. Um, but I think the pressure rate is going to be above 35%, and I'm going to predict probably at least three sacks on the day. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say five, six. I'm going to say six sacks. That's six how, sacks. That, there we go. Six sacks is, is today's uh, bold prediction. We're going to actually get into some bold predictions in a second. But real quick, one more thing on Daniel Jones, uh, and maybe this is part of the next topic, but – the 49ers tend to struggle against mobile quarterbacks if they do struggle. I mean, it's not like they're a, it's not like they're getting their ass kicked by mobile quarterbacks in general, but I mean outside of a couple guys. But if you look at the quarterbacks that have been effective against the 49ers defense, it's the mobile quarterbacks. And Daniel Jones is one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the NFL. Does that concern you at all? Do you have any concerns when in regards to Daniel Jones and his mobility? This is the main concern I have with the 49ers going into this week. It's the mobile quarterback. Because when you when you think about games like this, where the 49ers are favored by over 10.5 points, where the 49ers have all of the hype going into the games, for me, unfortunately, I tend to think a little more negatively. And just in, instead of thinking about how we can win the game, because that's the obvious portion, I think about what are the reasons of why we could lose this game. And if you point to it, I think that's the number one reason. The lack 
of contain against a mobile quarterback because we've seen it hurt the 49ers in the past. The number one example is Russell Wilson because of his ability to make a third and 12 scramble, get a first down, you know, the third down conversion kind of rate that Russell Wilson had with his ability to be a dual threat quarterback. And I mean, the 49ers have seen it time and time again. You look at last year, Justin Fields week one, you, you, you talk about other mobile quarterbacks where they've just struggled to overall make the contain and kind of keep them in the pocket, which obviously allows for more opportunities. This is an issue. And Daniel Jones is a bit of a different quarterback, right? He's not the fat, like he's not the, the most fastest quarterback in the NFL or anything like that. Instead, he's like, a sneaky athlete who has the IQ to take off and run when he needs to take off and run. To me, the 49ers defense needs to get off the field and it starts with containing the quarterback. And I'm not sure if I have, you know, supreme confidence that they will based on their history. Yeah, man. So this is the next topic I wanted to talk to you about giant threat, just a a way of asking you and talking about, the threats in this game for the 49ers. I mean, we're going to get into predictions later. I'm going to tell you right now, I expect the 49ers to win handedly, mm-hmm. but I do, you know, it's good to talk about these things. If the Giants win, why do they win? And I know you've talked about uh, Daniel Jones already. And so, you know, maybe you can touch more on that, but are there any other threats that the 49ers face against the Giants this evening? Yeah, I think that if you look at it, like I said, the number one threat, which surprisingly, I mean, not a lot of people hold Daniel Jones in that regard, but it's his legs. With uh, with Saquon Barkley out, you're going to need to find a way to create um, opportunities in the run game. Would not be surprised if you see an amp up in uh, designed runs for Daniel Jones as well. Not only just the scrambles, that's the part that I was talking about, but the, you know, the RPO, that action where you have quick passing and also designed runs. Would not be surprised if the, if the Giants go to that to try and set up some of the deeper stuff later on. Threats, though, when you look at it, I'm going to point to their defense. I'm not sure how well their offense is going to look at it. The number one threat, and this is a threat, again, the 49ers have struggled with in the past, and this is strong defensive tackles. You look at last year, I can point to different games. Week six, the 49ers faced off against Grady Jarrett. Grady Jarrett had a monster game in that week against Jake Brendel. You see the 49ers and their offense, some of it is centered around that interior. You talk about inside zone concepts and things like that. You talk about even interior pass rush. Dexter Lawrence is one of the best interior defensive linemen in the NFL. He is a disruptor not only in the run game, but he can also be a disruptor in the pass game. And I, I'm, I'm not as confident in the remainder of the guys that – uh, you know, are on that defensive line. But Dexter Lawrence is a guy who had seven and a half sacks last year who, who who can be, you know, a force. And that's why they're able to employ three down linemen on certain packages. I think that that, that matchup on the interior against maybe a Jake Brendel or against maybe a Spencer Burford or whoever it may be, that is a marquee matchup to watch because when you're, when you're just trying to think about what can disrupt the 49ers from efficiently operating their game plan, It's something like Dexter Lawrence. Now, do I think that him himself is going to somehow, you know, change the complete outlook of this game? No, unfortunately, football doesn't work where one player can do that. But if I'm looking at another threat, Dexter Lawrence is the number one guy I'm looking at. But in 49ers fans defense, outside of that, I'm honestly having a tough time finding a significant threat to the 49ers outside of that. Yeah, I agree, man. And, you know, Dexter uh, Lawrence was – I watched Jesse's podcast, um, Behind Enemy Lines. That's one of the guys they they mentioned as being somebody that slept on. Jesse thinks he's the most underrated player in the NFL. So uh, Dexter Lawrence is a, is a good pick. I also, yeah, yeah, yeah and I also agree with your take on uh, uh, Daniel Jones. I think those are the two threats. I mean, if Saquon Barkley was playing, I would be concerned about Saquon Barkley a little bit. Um, but obviously I, I think the 49ers is going to win this game handily. I'm going to give you guys my score prediction in a little bit, but yeah, those are the only two threats that I could really come up with is, you know, despite the, the giants looking like a XFL team against the Cowboys, they do have good, decent pass rushers. Um, and they, you know, Saquon Barkley is the guy he's not playing. Daniel Jones is extremely mobile. Uh, and the Niners have, you know, had adversity with that in the past. So those would be my only concerns, but again, I don't, I, I don't expect the Giants uh, to win. So l- let me talk to you about this bold predictions, brother. 
I like I like to get bold predictions sometimes. Let me let me start off with my bold prediction. Go for it. And then uh, I'll get yours. But for me, the bold prediction I have. So I see Brandon Ayuk, who's kind of, you know, nursing his shoulder. I think he's going to play because it was reported that if it's just basically about pain at this point. Right. There's no right. actual injury. And if he can tolerate the pain, he can play. So I expect Brandon Ayuk to play. He's in a contract year. And that's just the guy's mentality. He's a tough uh, son of a bitch. Right. He's he's going to play if it's up to him. The only way he doesn't is if the training staff says, you know, we don't want you to play or Kyle's just being extra cautious. But I think Brandon Ayuk's going to start. <clears throat> I think he's going to play. But I think he's going to have a little bit of reduction in snaps and in his role of what they ask him to do. It could be wrong. He may come out and be Brandon Ayuk like, like normal. I also think that the Giants are going to get their ass handed to them today. And because of that, I think Brandon Ayuk's going to play a little less than he probably normally would. And I think Kyle's going to be in his bag. And I think Ronnie Bell is going to score his first touchdown in the NFL tonight. That's my bold prediction. Let's stay away from the final score, um, if you don't mind, in the final outcome. But do you have – what do you think – first of all, what do you think of Ronnie Bell scoring a touchdown tonight? And then what bold prediction may you have? Yeah, Ronnie Bell will be an interesting one. I wonder – I mean, I, I don't think the 49ers are going to inactive any of their receivers, given the IU injury and potential of what could happen there. Ronnie Bell is the interesting one. Um, I, I – I, he, he definitely could. I, I wonder how much he'll see the field. And if it's a blowout game, you do want him to see the field right in the second half where he might get some of those touches for a touchdown. Don't hate it. What was your first one again? That was it. Ronnie Bell. Oh, got it. Ronnie Bell scoring a touchdown. I know it's a bold prediction. I'll probably be freaking wrong, but I don't know. I like, I've been watching the Niners for so long. This is going to sound stupid, Ron, but it, it is what it is. Maybe I'm stupid, but I've been watching the 49ers for so damn long that sometimes I just get these instincts like this is going to happen. Uh, yeah. I don't know why I, you know, what's weird too, is I, I, I know this offense so damn well. I'll watch it with my kids and I'll, I'll predict the plays before they happen. And I'm probably right about 75, 80% of the time. Uh, my kids trip out. I'm like, well, here comes a run to the left. Here comes, uh, you know, a screen to so-and-so and my kids trip out on it. Um, but yeah, no, I, it's just a feeling I have. I think Ronnie, uh, I think they're going to kick their ass. Kyle's going to get in his bag and get creative. They're going to be playing some of the players. They may not get many looks by the fourth quarter and, <clears throat> I think Ronnie Bell's going to be the guy, man. That's just my gut feeling. Maybe I'm wrong. I just got a, I just got a little feeling. So we'll hey, I like it. You out. know, I like it. You going <laughs> bold, and that's exactly what bold predictions are for. Yeah. I'll go with two. One's more on the positive side. One's more on the negative side. I think one of the three star defensive linemen is going to get two sacks in this game. When you look at this Giants deep, uh, offensive line. It's just not good without Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas, I was very high on coming out of the draft. I had him as my top tackle, uh, and he's performed to expectations. He's been a, a premier left tackle in the NFL. You look at the remainder of that offensive line. Evan Neal was a guy who came out with a lot of hype, I believe, in 2021, um, that draft where they had Aki Iquanu too. Evan Neal has been one of the worst right tackles in the NFL since he's come to the NFL. A lot of time to grow still, but not – you know, not great returns in year one, year two now. Um, John Michael Schmitz, he's a, a, the, the rookie there at center. They're playing a rookie center. You got Marcus McCaithen, I believe, at right guard, a guy without significant experience, another young guy who I believe is either – I think he's a second-year player, but he, is never, he didn't play last year. And then you're playing a guy who plays guard in Joshua Zudu uh, over there at left tackle or a guy who projected was projected at guard. He, he's going to play at left tackle. So – a lot of mix up. I just think one of the two uh, or one of the three top players is going to get two sacks in this game. I, I, I have a feeling just that, you know, you're going to see a lot of pressure and it might just be a collective effort, you know, five sacks, five different players. But I have a feeling one of the stars is getting at least two sacks. And then my second yeah. prediction, you might not think this is the team to do it, <laughs> but the re that's the reason why I think it's going to happen. I unfortunately think Brock Purdy will throw his first interception of the year tonight. The reason being, I think the 49ers are going to try and test out this Giants team uh, down the field. I think they might be a little more aggressive, understanding the circumstances. And I think that that might result in the first interception for Brock Purdy on the season tonight, potentially to a safety, maybe to a corner. But I think, you know, it might not it might not be anticipated against this Giants team. But I do think the first interception is going to come tonight for Brock Purdy. 
Uh, that is a bull take. He doesn't have any yet. Um, I think he's maybe thrown one or two possible balls that were kind of dangerous all all season. So yeah. that's a bull take, man. That'd be interesting. Uh, to yeah, I can up. eat my words. The Giants have zero picks against the Cowboys and then against uh, the Cardinals last week. So we'll see. Well, they're due, I guess. I mean, you can look at things from two different perspectives, right? You can look at numbers and say Brock Purdy has yet to throw an interception, so therefore he's not the kind of guy to throw an interception. <clears throat> you can look at it like, oh, the Giants have not got an interception, so they're the, they're, don't seem to be the kind of team that's going to get an interception. Or you can look at it the opposite way, which means uh, eventually they have to, and so maybe they're due. Uh, but, yeah, that's a, good, that's a good prediction, man. We'll see what happens. Want to talk to you about this guy, man? Uh, let's let's share some let's share some some Twitter some Twitter sphere stuff. All right, here we go, man. Okay. Hopefully, you guys can see it. Uh, let me make it a little bigger so you can see it. Christian McCaffrey is trending two thousand two hundred seventy eight rushing yards, which would top Eric Dickerson's all time record of two thousand one hundred and five, set in nineteen eighty four. It is tough to continue at that trajectory, but it does speak highly of his performance so far in his first two games and also shows how ridiculous Eric Dickerson was. Uh, it's hard to continue at this trajectory, Ro, but what do you think his chances are? Do you think he could break that record? I, I don't think so, just because I do think, like Kyle Shanahan said this week, the 49ers are going to uh, temper down his volume because the whole point of getting Christian McCaffrey is not for personal accolades as, and you know, that's obviously a, a good portion of how success and greatness is defined, but it's more so to keep him healthy for the playoffs. I do think his, his volume will temper down a little bit, setting down that rushing yard uh, number, but a lot of people peg Christian McCaffrey as a potential thousand thousand guy with the ball kind of being spread around a lot more this year, rather than kind of fixating on certain targets, a ball is being spread around a lot more. And also the receivers are getting a significant portion of the action. I don't know if he'll reach a thousand yards receiving, but the lack of volume in the receiving game might increase the volume in the running game. And so you might see him get 17 carries a game, 17 carries for Christian McCaffrey. That's a hundred yards. I mean, with the yeah. way that he's being efficient, you know, or maybe 85 yards. And so I could see 1500 rushing yards from Christian McCaffrey this year which might have not been anticipated at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, good point. RJ Money, man, my guy RJ, I do want to point this out. I mean, you know, this is – I figure this is some somebody would say 17 games now, so it doesn't count. But if you take away a game at this pace, he still breaks that record. He's averaging – what is it? It's – or am I tripping? He had 116, and then he had 152. So uh, you average that out, 134. 134 a game. Yeah, 134 yeah. game. So yeah, he would still break that record even at 16 games. Yeah, that's 22,144 yards. So that would still be broken. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I don't think he's going to do it honestly because that's very hard to do over a long period of time. I think he's, you know, just starting quick and they'll be more balanced as the season goes on. But it is really impressive showing you what he's doing. Also, What's very impressive is Eric Dickerson actually did this. Uh, that's nuts. It's below before a lot of people's times, before Rose's time. I don't think Rohan was even born when this happened. Uh, but I was five years old. I remember Eric Dickerson uh, not breaking the record, but I do remember him as a player. So, yeah, it's interesting. And then you brought up a, a good point, too. Um, CMC only is trending 300, and I think he has 36 receiving yards. He's only trending 306 yeah. receiving yards on the season. Do you expect that trend to go up or do you think it's going to go down or stay at the same or what do you expect? I honestly think the the reasoning, I see a good question from Ray about why the volume has not been as high. I think there are a couple of reasons for it. Um, one, I, I think it's due to the opponent. Um, Pittsburgh and the, what do you call it? Pittsburgh, their defense, and also the defense we faced in the Rams last week. Um you could point to their corners not being as strong. You know, Pittsburgh had a rookie corner and Joey Porter. The Rams, their corners are Darion Kendrick. And then, you know, uh, I forget the, the name of the second one. But, you know, the, the strength isn't their corners. And also the 49ers, the reason Christian McCaffrey got such high volume last year, it's not like the progressions changed for Brock Purdy or anything like that or Jimmy Garoppolo. It was that they wanted to hit Christian McCaffrey either early in the progression or they went through progressions and then found McCaffrey. The difference this year, the early progressions are open, very open. Like when you look at Brock Purdy 
and the way he's been executing, he's been executing at a high level, but he's executing throwing to open receivers early in the progression, which you normally don't see on a consistent basis in NFL offenses. But the 49ers have been able to do that, be it scheme, be it route running, whatever you, you want to call it, be it execution from the quarterback, you know, that's there. And so that's why CMC's volume hasn't been as high. I do not expect this to be the trajectory, but I do expect it to be volatile this year. I don't think McCaffrey's only going to get 15 receiving yards a game, something like that. He's too valuable not to. And the volume indicates that he can get more. He got five targets in week one, only three in this past week. But the 49ers also, um, you know, they're rushing him a good amount. And so you you do want to be wary of the amount of volume you give him overall. I do think, though, instead of maybe him getting a baseline of 50 yards a game in the receiving game, he'll probably be a little more volatile this year. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. I, I think I agree with you, sir. Uh, all right, let's talk about this. These two, these two fellas have never lost a game when they started and finished together. It's pretty remarkable. What are the numbers? I, 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 I Honestly, I should have looked at this a long time ago, but you hear like 9, 10, 11. How many games have these two started and finished together, Rohan? Do you know the number? That's interesting. So they started, uh, if you're just looking at it, they started together in week 14 first last year because Garoppolo got injured in week 13. So that's five weeks of the regular season that they started in one, two games in the playoffs last year, and then another two games. So that is nine and oh right now that these two have started together and finished that they have won together. Or yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I think, right. And CMC is 12 and oh, I mean, you could say 12 and one if you count that Chiefs game where he was. Yeah added to the team three days before the game and he, he was kind of inserted strangely here and there um so i don't really count that game honestly if, if you look at the following week cmc is 12 and 0 when he starts to finish the game for the 49ers that's remarkable man like i, I mean again i People think I'm super – we're going to talk about Brock Purdy a lot uh, coming up. People think I'm like a Brock Purdy hater. It's actually not true. Um, <laughs> I, I pointed it out a long time ago how, how good I thought he was in the preseason. Um, this is something, though, that does need to be talked about. I don't think quarterback wins are necessarily – excuse me, wins are necessarily a quarterback stat alone. But it is impressive what Brock Purdy has been able to do. I mean, that's – minimalizing what he's actually done um, again I know it's a team stat and a lot of quarterbacks would have success on this team but you have to take your hat off to Brock Purdy who has never lost a game that he has started and finished um, and then these two combined are just deadly um, so it's just remarkable man what do you I mean have you do you remember any situation like this for a quarterback to be drafted this late in the game and have this kind of success. No, it's unprecedented. That's why you're talking about, you know, Brock Purdy and the historic stuff that you saw last year. Uh, all, all the different kind of, um, you know, uh, whatever was attributed to him. The reason is because of how unprecedented the situation is and also how quickly it evolved. You're not expecting a seventh round pick to come in and, you know, in his first game and light the, light the, light the stat sheet up, excuse me. He did, though. And so this has definitely been an outstanding, you know, a, a historic kind of storyline for Brock Purdy. Now, the reason that I think two, a lot of people get muddled in between and then some people get called out in a negative sense about Brock Purdy is because what well, what me personally, what I do is I separate the storyline from the true play because the storyline is impressive. The play, though, is what I'm truly evaluating in grades and in things like that and in trying to sense whether the 49ers are going to win a Super Bowl and things like that. But you talk about the storyline, you just pointed out 9-0 and when these two have started a game together. McCaffrey, you can extend that streak a little bit longer. I know the NFC Championship game he lost and things like that, but – I mean, it's very, very impressive. And as to why you think this has happened, I mean, if you look at it, we can point out a couple of games where Brock has not struggled, but made mistakes where the 49ers have costed points. Hell, the Rams game to uh, as an example. And it just shows truly the foundation of this team, how strong it is. Because Brock Purdy had three throws last week that he would have wanted back, two of which could have resulted in touchdowns that ended up in punted drives. And the 49ers scored 30 points and comfortably won because the Rams you know, were down two possessions at the end of the game until the last play. You could have had 44 points in this game if you had executed well. And it's not like when you look at a lot of those passes, 
it's not like anything was like, like, you know, it's not like it wasn't a wow play or anything like that, but it's not like anything was something you wouldn't expect Brock Purdy to hit because he's that type of quarterback, you know? And so that's just the, the foundation of this offense is so strong that you were just waiting for so long now to have the right pieces in it. Kyle Shanahan believes that Brock Purdy was that missing piece finally at quarterback. We'll see if that's true, but the storyline, like I said, is astounding. Yeah, man. And we're going to talk about Brock Purdy in more depth here coming up shortly. Before we do that, though, I want to get your assistance, man. I feel like, again, I always talk about what a smart guy you are. So I figured I might as well use that uh, brain for financial gain. <laughs> um, yeah, I like it. Yeah. So I, I've been sponsored by Underdog Fantasy for, I don't know, six months or so. Um, so if you don't belong to Underdog Fantasy, you can join Underdog Fantasy. And if you use the promo code Hensley, they will match your initial deposit of up to $100. Jesse and Grant have been playing the over-under game for quite a bit. Um, and so I decided to steal this and do it on my show. So uh, Jesse and Grant, I appreciate it. Thank you. I just snatched your uh, show topic. So I appreciate it. But I got Rohan here who is essentially a genius. And uh, I, if I if I don't win... I'm going to change my view on that, but I'm going to kind of depend on Rohan here. Um, we're going to we're going to spend my money a whole thirty dollars, and okay. uh, and we're going to see what we can do oh, here. No. This is underdog fantasy. There is this Tyreek Tyreek Hill play if you guys want to. It's over or under uh, eighty five. It's a special. If you participate, it you can actually get a hundred k. But we're not going to do that. We're going to focus on this game. We got to do one Giants player, and we got to do uh, four. 49ers players mm. this one is to me daniel jones i think, I think I like you him. you know what i'm gonna say and i think you know it too go ahead this one this higher and higher than a half interception is that what you're going for i was actually gonna go for the rushing yards i think higher than 37 and a half i think he's actually uh, gonna be their leading rusher on the day but i could see the interceptions one definitely panning out no too. no no i'm gonna go with what you say so rohan says higher we're going to go all Rohan, and if, and if this works, we're going to do this every week, and you're going to make me rich. But Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're going to go with higher than 37.5 rushing yards for Daniel Jones. So let's go down to the Niners. We'll skip all these. Unless, is there is there another Giants one that you want to jump on or do you want to focus on Niners? I don't know. Uh, another Giants one. They got a Matt Breida one, 31.5 rushing yards. They got yeah. uh, Darren Waller. Four and a half receptions. I feel like Scary. that burrito's got to be a higher. I'm not sure just because, I mean, I haven't read on what the split would be, but, like, if he's the starter, 31 and a half, you run it, like, 13 times or something, you're going to get 31 and a half yards, at least I'd assume. But that one's an interesting one. Um, yeah, uh, but I think, you know, we're a 49ers show. We could keep it 49ers if I want right. to come back to one of these. We'll do that. Yeah, that will keep that one in mind. They got a lot of Giants ones. All right, let's talk Brock Purdy, man. The the choices are I feel like I need to go on this one, which is 100, one hundred one 1.5 passing uh touchdowns. I think this over seven and a half rushing yards is probably possible as well. But yeah, so for Brock Purdy, they got over one and a half touchdowns, over two hundred and twenty seven. And you can actually not over, you can go higher or lower on this game. So you mm. can say higher or right. lower than one and a half pass, passing touchdowns. Uh, 227 passing yards, seven and a half rushing yards, 28 and a half passing attempts. I think I might go under on that one, to be honest. I might go uh, under on that, yeah. Yeah, the completions higher than 20. Which one, sacks, two taken. He's averaged two sacks per game so far. What do you think? Which Is there one on here that jumps out to you for Brock Purdy? I'd probably take the under on the passing attempts. I mean, he's thrown, he threw 26 in week one, 25 uh, in week two, and week two was a closer game. Probably take the under on the 28 and a half. I, I don't anticipate the 49ers throwing that much in this game. Agreed. Agreed. All right, man. Let's talk Christian McCaffrey. This one's tough because I'm, I feel like 
they're going to be smacking the Giants, and they might even pull out Christian McCaffrey at some point. But over under 77 and a half rushing yards is an option. You could do the four receptions, 17 rushing attempts. Uh, is there one that's like an easy money one here for you? I mean, the 21 fantasy points, that might be. Yeah, that could not. be. The way yeah. that I'm looking at it, McCaffrey, the reason that I like that rushing prop potentially is because when you look at it, McCaffrey has gotten one major carry in each of the last two games. And actually, when I was looking at some props on my own, not, not betting, of course, but I'm just looking at props on my own. I think the longest rush one that I saw was like 16 and a half. And I think that every time I see the longest rush for McCaffrey in the, you know, in the in the under 18 in a way. I take that prop because McCaffrey has gotten one of those explosives and that's what's really led to a significant rushing yard total. Cause last mm-hmm. week he had a 51 yard carry, I think ended with 116 yards, you know, and then week one, he had a, he had a 66 yard touchdown or whatever the touchdown total was. So yeah. that's why I'm inclined to potentially go, you know, on the over for the rushing yards. I think that you could, you could see something like that, even though I don't know if he'll get 17 rushing attempts in this one. Yeah, it, 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 let's look at all of them and let's let's figure out which yeah. one you think is the for sure thing. Because we got three three bets we can make still. They got Elijah Mitchell just for over or under 29 and a half rushing yards. That's kind of hard to predict. Um, they got Debo Samuel over 14 and a half rushing yards, over 53 receiving yards, over 72 combined, uh, 38 yards after catch, 12 and a, 12.9 fantasy points, seven and a half targets. Honestly, I think less than seven and a half targets is probably a good. Yeah, I think it's probably high because they're they might be anticipating Ayuk maybe out. But in in their fairness, Debo has gotten I think seven targets in week one, nine targets in week two. So maybe, yeah. What what let's let's look at Kittle's over under forty two receiving yards, twenty two after catch, eight point nine fantasy points, five and a half targets. I that's a tough one. Kittle is tough. Yeah, Yeah. but one one I like. I'm going to, you know, if we're, if we're going with it, Jake Moody over one and a half field goals made. I think the 49ers score a couple of times tonight. I think they kick two field goals. Boom. All right. Locked in. We need two more picks. They got Fred Warner uh, over under eight tackles and assists. Huff over under five tackles and assists. Greenlaw over seven and a half tackles and assists. You know, one of these jump out of I mean, you know, you, you, you know, the linebackers are definitely capable of uh, mm-hmm. getting that many tackles, especially, you know, Warner, Greenlaw, you've seen them get 10 tackle games and things like that. But I don't know if their tackle numbers have been that high uh, to start the year. I think, well, I'm assuming this is total. Um, yeah. But the eight makes it, you have to get nine, right, for that to hit? Yes, correct. That's a little. Or eight and a half. I, I think you can get an assist, which makes it an, a half, I believe. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that one's wary. I think one that I'm, more confident in was one of the Giants ones, probably Darren Waller. I think it was at 45 and a half. I think they're going to target him a good amount. Probably would hit the over on that. Uh, 45 reception receiving yards. Yeah. Probably hit the over on that. Okay. Hit the high. He had a, uh, he had or a good what amount. We do receptions, 4.5 receptions. Is it the yards or receptions? Which I would go with the receiving yards one. Because he Got could it. have a big play and 49ers, you know, their defense sometimes accustomed to some big plays. So yeah. I'm not going to question. I'm not. I'm just going to trust. Trust you. Hey, I mean this. This one here wins three hundred dollars. If you if you hit all four. Yeah, watch when we the next one will pop it up to six hundred. So, Damn. We gotta, yeah, if we get to five, That's now real you money. Can, yeah, you can insure it. Um, you know, and I'm only waging thirty bucks, right? So if I yeah. lose, I, I lose. But um, yeah, okay, we need one more pick, man. Uh, we need right. one more, one more. We can't do Brock. Let's go back to CMC. I think Which, the one that I'm going to hit is that over on the rushing yards might be a little tough, but I, I think that, you know, for, for sending it that might be the one. Well, boom. All right. Well, you guys, I am uh let's see what the wager would be. Where does it show the wager? I don't know. It is uh it is 600 bucks, 600 bucks. If we win, I'm going to hit some money. Boom. Wow. Oh, it's cause I'm on my thing. Oh, waiting on location. Allow. No, I don't want to do all this, guys. It's because I'm not. It's because I'm on my uh, my my laptop and not my actual phone. I do this all the time from my phone. All right, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna save this and I'm gonna place the bet on my phone after we're we're done here. 
All right, man. Hey, so that we go. That's that's underdog fantasy. Again, make sure you guys uh, go hit like and subscribe. If or excuse me, go hit the the link and use the promo code Hinsley uh, to get a hundred dollars matching your credit. <clears throat> Rohan, I want to do a little shameless plug here, man. For those who don't know, I started a new YouTube account called You Should Do This. I, you know, I've been doing this for 11 months. We've got 5,200 something subscribers. People ask me all the time to, to talk about real estate, talk about credit, talk about all this and that, you know, ask me parenting questions. They ask me, you know, everything. So I started a new channel because the rule with YouTube is new channel uh, or different subject, different channel. So that's what we're doing. This is the intro. I'm going to play it for you guys for the new channel. If you get time, I put the link in the original chat. It may, may be there, may not be there. All you have to do is search at you should do this, uh, and you will get to my channel. I got 102 subs, I think, on that channel already. We've been only live for 24 hours. I haven't put out a video yet, but I would really appreciate your guys' support on that if you want to go subscribe to that channel. Let me pay the promo. This is myself and my beautiful wife. So, look, I've been through uh, quite a bit of stuff. I think Rohan interviewed me once and we went over it. But, you know, like I've, I've seen a lot. I, I, I started at the bottom. Now I'm here, I guess is a good expression. You know, I slept in my car. I was, you know, in the streets hustling at a young age. I could have been killed multiple times. I've been shot at, stabbed. I've been tied up in a garage at gunpoint. Uh, I, I've seen a lot. And I went from that to the man I am today. I've raised four kids. They're all smart, good kids, never been in trouble in their life. Uh, they're in college. They're, they're just great kids. You know, we were on welfare at one point. Now we own real estate. We're doing really good. We're comfortable. We're taking vacations. I don't have a college degree. I did it all from freaking hustle. I've done a million different things. I have two U.S. utility patents. I have multiple businesses. I can tell you how to fix your credit. I can tell you how to buy real estate. I can help you with all those things. And that's what that's what this other channel is about. So if you guys would be so kind, if you haven't yet, please, at some point, go to that channel, subscribe. I'm going to be dropping like a video a week, maybe um, something like that. Uh, you know, just some informational things. And then we'll probably also go live and have conversations. I can answer questions, Q&As, all that good stuff. So I wanted to plug that, man. Rohan, are I you mean, subscribed to my channel yet, bro? I am not. I actually am finding out, you know, I found out about it on my stream, did not realize the channel was created. I will mm -hmm. subscribe, but I'll say this as a person, as an outsider who has not experienced a lot of the things you have. That's why this community is great because you see a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds come together, be able to talk football, but also understand that you have lives outside of football that everybody cares about. Salute you for, um, you know, going through some of the tougher times in your life and uh, we'll definitely be tuning in. I appreciate it, man. I got a couple of people in this in this comments that know me well. Uh, Cullivan, I probably haven't seen. I actually have gone golfing with Josh Cullivan. He's here. We, we went golfing, but he, uh, I didn't really see him much after high school until about 10 years ago. My guy, Melvin Pillion, who is, who is here, a Cowboys friend, good friend of mine. He knows about all these things. He was there for pretty much all of it. Uh, so he can attest to everything I'm, I'm talking about. But anyways, man, I appreciate the support. I'm trying to trying to just expand into other things. All right, let, let's uh, get into something I wanted to talk about, which was grading Brock Purdy. And I, I'm, I'm talking about this first before I talk about the next subject, because these are my thoughts on Brock Purdy, and they really have never changed. Uh, Brock Purdy last year, I predict he's going to make the 53-man roster. Uh, I said I'm intrigued by Brock Purdy. I think he's a playmaker. I said the season of Brock Purdy is upon us once Trey went down. I've liked Brock Purdy for a long time, and people don't think that I do because I've supported Trey Lance. And really, what when it comes to Trey Lance, I just hated the unfair judgment of Trey Lance. And that's what really motivated me to constantly speak on him because I feel like people were overly critical for no reason. But as far as Brock Purdy, man, my thoughts haven't changed. These are my grades for Brock Purdy. I don't think any of this has really changed for me uh, throughout my entire time of watching Brock Purdy. Wanted to get your take on it, man. I know there are a lot of grades. 
but I just want to see what you think and if you would change anything. Um, this is a tweet. If you don't follow me at, on Twitter, you can go at Ryan G. Hensley. Um, but grading Brock Purdy, leadership, I give him an A+, processing, A+, decision-making, A+, intelligence, A+, footwork, A, anticipation, A, vision, A, toughness, A, instincts, A, accuracy, A-, release, B, mobility, B, pocket presence, B, durability, C, size, C-, minus, arm strength, C-, minus. The last four on a short game, I give him an A+, plus, intermediate, A++, plus, plus, one of the best in the NFL, at least this season. Deep, C-, minus, and honestly, I think I'm being a little generous with the C-. minus. Super deep, zero. He's not in A, does not qualify. He can't go super deep. I think this is pretty damn fair. These have been my thoughts on Brock Purdy the whole time, Rohan, but would you agree or disagree with these grades? Would you? What would you change? I got to just say this. This is some very good, strong praise for Brock Purdy. A lot of people, you know, will hate on people saying they're Brock Purdy haters or whatever for being objective. This is some strong praise. When you look at some of those skills at the very top and the grades that you're seeing, processing, one of the most important things for a quarterback, decision-making. I mean, IQ, footwork, anticipation, vision, toughness, instincts, accuracy all are in the a minus to a range that is some very strong praise i mean for moreover i agree with the majority of what you have and i think that this is true you see leadership wise you see how his teammates talk about him you see how his teammates have rallied around a second year quarterback you know who was a seventh round pick an afterthought coming into the league his processing is pretty strong i i do think that that's probably his strongest skill i would probably notch decision making down a little bit i do think that um that is more uh, because we've what we've seen this year in just two games, I do think that when you look at the overall body of work, probably would notch that down a little bit. Very intelligent quarterback. We knew that footwork. I will probably get notched down just a little bit as well. I think that sometimes you'll see him get happy feet or more so roll out of the pocket at times when unnecessary. I kind of attribute that a little more to footwork. But apart from that, I mean, it's pretty darn good. Probably would also increase pocket presence a little bit more. Um, maybe a B plus. I can't give him an A just because of the times he scrambles out of the pocket. Just but I think that when he's just the sense of rushers around him, he has a good sense of that. But, I mean, pretty, pretty darn good. Maybe not just arm strength up to a C, but, I I mean, who cares? It's all the same. Pretty darn good. And, I mean, this is a pretty darn good quarterback profile if you look at it. Yeah, so let's answer some questions some of these guys are having. Ron, by the way, are you monetized? I forgot to I forgot to ask you. I am, yes. On my okay, channel. so if any of you guys want to throw a super chat, Rohan's way, you can watch it on his channel. He's dual streaming this thing. I'm not going to be monetized again. They again, they they demonetized me on August 16th, September, October, or September 16th, uh, August 16th, and I'll be back in November 16th with the monetization. But if you do want to send a super chat, Rohan's way, he would like it, and he's dual streaming, so you can go do that there. Um, real quick, durability. I'm going to answer some of these questions because uh, go for it. there's some context. Durability. Notice that there's two things here. There's durability right here. There's also toughness. I give him an A. So remember, I want you guys to separate the two because I see I had some questions on Twitter. Like, what do you mean? You played with the broken ribs. Okay, well, his ribs are broken. All right, he's played, what, 12 games? Is it 12? Yeah, around 12. 12 games. Yeah. 12 games. He's been injured twice in those 12 games. That's why I have his durability as a C. So every six games he's injured on average. I, I don't I don't think that's super durable, right? That's why I have his durability there, if that makes sense. JC Montana wants to know super deep. What's super deep, right? Everyone wants to know what super deep is. Super deep, I, I just classified it that way, and they're talking about this right here. So short game, I kind of consider like under 10, tw- under 10 yards, basically. Um, so I give him an A plus there. Intermediate is 10 to 20 uh, yeah. for me. I give him an A plus, plus there. He's fantastic there. You start going over like 20, 25 yards, that's deep. I consider that deep when you get to like the 30-yard range. He's not good there, has not shown that he's good there. I don't think he I'm, – I'm not saying he can't be good there. I'm just saying so far he hasn't shown that he's good there. I think Brock Purdy is capable of throwing the ball 45 yards. He's an NFL quarterback. I've never said that Brock Purdy can't throw 45 yards. So in that 25, 30 to 40, 45 yard range, I call that deep. 40 probably would be deep. Um, he hasn't been good there yet. He just hasn't. He's been below average in that range. Now, he can throw that far. He can throw 40 yards. Every NFL quarterback can. 
And to me, the fact that he can throw that far means that if he continues to work at it, he can probably improve there. And I expect with Brock Purdy's mindset, his mentality, that he's going to focus on it, he's going to work on it, and he probably will improve there. Super deep, which is I just anything over that. He doesn't have the ability, <clears throat> in my mind, to go past 45 yards. Maybe he'll get like 48 Maybe like 50 one day. I don't see it going deep. I just think his arm strength is not. There's throws that go 60, 70 yards in this league. It's very infrequent. It's not that important. But I just don't think he can participate in that category. JC Montana says, Ryan, come on, big dog. Would you rather have a super deep thrower with no brains? I think that's a strange assumption. <laughs> no, I would not rather have a big arm quarterback. He's not, with, not saying that he doesn't want the quarterback on the screen. He's just giving grades. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and so that's kind of my next subject that I want to talk about. Like, I feel like all these grades are fair. I think it's very complimentary. Um, though I'm just pointing out his one weakness or his couple weaknesses. He's small, hasn't been very durable, and his arm strength is not that good. Those are his only weaknesses. And I still don't give him like an F. He doesn't. Have, the guy doesn't have an F. But I mean, look at all these A's and B's, right? He's a good quarterback. He has a couple of weaknesses. He's not perfect, like everybody else. So that brings me to my next, my next topic, brother. Um, being honest about Brock Purdy, like, why is it so hard to be honest about Brock Purdy? I, I want to get your take on this because. I've got none of this stuff. None of those grades that everyone just watched. I've always felt that way about Brock Purdy. I've always felt that way. Yet, if I talk about anything negative, oh, Brock Purdy, this is a bad throw. He missed this throw. Oh, you're a Brock Purdy hater. Why is it so hard for people, you know, being honest, to be honest about Brock Purdy? I think it stems down to a couple of reasons. One is the reason that I said earlier where people get muddled up, and that's the storyline. I, I think that. The storyline is the reason where people might get, you know, muddled up between what's going on film-wise, how you evaluate his play, and what's going on in the outside world in a way where Brock Purdy is consistently breaking historic records as a seventh-round rookie quarterback who, or now second-year quarterback, who consistently continues to win. I think that that's the number one thing. I also think people don't necessarily like the nitpicking. When you see so many good things, people don't want to hear the bad things about their quarterback because that's again it's you don't you want to hear the good stuff because you're winning games unfortunately there's good and bad in every single quarterback's game and being objective it's our duty to kind of tell you guys the good and bad of every game and allow you guys to analyze it for yourselves i think that you know especially now with the 49ers we're scarred at the quarterback position we've seen we've been through quarterbacks since 2014 consistently like you know cycling out since Kaepernick kind of left we, we've been cycling through quarterbacks trying to find an active solution and unfortunately the 49ers haven't found their franchise guy yet until they settled on Brock Purdy this offseason and so with the fact that you have you know your 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 quarterback in Brock Purdy that might be another reason where they have their franchise guy. There's not a necessarily reason to consistently critique him, understanding he's the guy who's going to be here. Maybe that's a reason. But, Ryan, you know my 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 most honest reason? I do not know. I honestly do not know yeah. why there is such a negative discourse. Or, I mean, like why there's a negative discourse about analyzing both the good and bad of certain players. I don't know. Yeah, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, here's a, a perfect example. Akash posted this, um, like, oh, he's, he's not getting credit for this throw. This is such a great throw. And I'm like, no, it's not. I watched it. When I watched it live, I'm like, it's not a good throw, dude. Like, And then I saw this tweet. I'm like, what's what's up with people? And I said, Brock is good to great at a lot of things. He played well overall. He hasn't lost. He's made some good throws. This is not one of them. Can we just have real conversations about Brock Birdie? That, like, that's all I'm asking here. You know, a lot of fans, some maybe some of them were watching the show, were like in here just going crazy for me to say this. And then JT O'Sullivan, who did he uh, say the same thing or something? He said the same thing as me. Watch this is this is guys, this is the view I want shift. all of you. He's to gonna see. run to the corner. I think the corner on defense down oh, here to the bottom probably makes a mental thing. error. Bit of a missed opportunity missed for a opportunity, touchdown pass to the bottom. Right? 19's gonna go from the one to the new two post shift. He's gonna run to the corner. 
I think the corner on defense down here to the bottom probably makes a mental error. Doesn't get deep. Brock Purdy sees it, but the ball comes out a little high, a little soft. You know, maybe catches a gust. Again, he's got color right in his face. I'm not saying it's an easy throw. In fact, I think it's impressive that he even sees it because it probably shouldn't be there. And I know it's a penalty. Okay, so it's going to work out eventually. But the fact that this corner at the bottom of the screen, so right here, I'm going to guess that he probably should be getting that the whole time. Because he... I mean, I like the, the aggression. The They're in kind of the same space. I, I love that, right? So when we come when you're aggressive, you get things like pass interference calls. Corner, but but this is what I was talking about. The number three running a vertical as well to the middle of the field. It's certainly there. I don't think there's anything easy about this throw because he's got this right. big cat bearing down on him. And watch Burford here. You see all this color right in your face. You Burford gotta, gets smoked. Uh, buy but, enough but it's Aaron Donald. It so. up. It's Donald, he just right? gets yeah. a little bit too much air under it. And the corner is able to kind too of too much air under it, right? You want to throw it right here, boom! You need him right there. Just want to throw it when you're that wide open. Before you he gets want to, to throw it right at him, as opposed to fade away. You know, yes, he gives him a shot. Yes, it's good vision. Yes, it's a penalty. I get it, but it's really a missed opportunity for a touchdown pass. Right, and watch Burford right here, smoked. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a tough assignment. But yeah, I mean, that was my thought when I saw the play live, and I just that's what I said. People just get so damn mad about it. Um, I don't know. And then GTC here says, Ryan, I disagree. I think this was a good because it was aggressive. I like aggression. I, I love aggression. But the throw wasn't good, right? The decision to, to attack there was good. But if he hit him, like, throws, throws a dart when Debo's between the five and the goal line, he's wide open. That's a touchdown. So Brock probably missed, like, four possible, like, big plays, maybe two touchdowns in this game. Does that mean he's trash and I, I hate Brock Purdy? No. This is just honestly speaking about his game. Um, you know, I think he's ha probably had a C-plus game still, despite, you know, missing those opportunities because he's so good with the other stuff. Uh, but I, I just thought it was interesting, and it just kind of demonstrates the point, like, that people just, for whatever reason, just can't seem to have honest conversations about Brock Purdy. I, I think when you talk about this, this is a good example. And I think it's hard to see from the initial angle that Akash posted. And Akash does great stuff. Don't don't get me wrong. But when you see it from this angle, you you can truly see when the receiver starts to separate and why this is a good play call. When you stack them up like that, it's the outside corner who has to now see the back leverage. He obviously doesn't doesn't notice the route until it's too late. You're leveraging this backside uh, or this uh, the safety here because you've got a post going one way and a, and then a corner post going the other way. And so if you're able to, you know, identify that route, it's a touchdown. Unfortunately, this is not I'm not going to blame Brock Purdy for this play. I think this is a very tough throw because you have the defender coming in your face, so you're already backtracking what the arm strength Purdy has, which which only further amplifies the importance of an anticipation and Purdy on probably 80% of his throws understands that he throws with very good anticipation on, on his throws. And so that is something that you see where he is able to, if he's able to anticipate it's over the bucket in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. Instead, it's just a little late and that's why corner is able to get it on the point of aggression. I'm a fan of aggression, but I also yeah. think aggression is overvalued. Aggression is good, but you want results, right? Like Brock Purdy in this game had a couple of downfield throws that should have been completed. One was over the head to Debo Samuel that would have been a touchdown, not including this play. The other was to Brandon Ayuk that could have been a touchdown. Do you like the aggression on those plays? Absolutely. I love the aggression on those plays. But at, at some point, you want aggression to turn into results. And so that's where I value results more than aggression. This is a very difficult throw. I'm not going to fault Brock Purdy for this just because he's backpedaling and then he's going to have to throw it off his back foot. But this is a throw that, you know, I don't I don't think you can characterize this as a great throw because of what we just said. Yeah, agreed, buddy. Agreed. I don't I, I don't uh I don't know. I just want to have an honest conversation. That's what you're going to get from me here at least on this show. Um so, yeah, man, I just wanted to talk about it. it if, if somebody says, like, if, if anyone criticizes something about Brock Purdy, just understand, guys, that doesn't mean they hate the guy. That's kind of the point of this conversation. All right, man, I want to get your takes on where did I? Wow, what, did, what happened? Did I erase these things? All right, man, let's go here. Let's go here. Uh, give me your, your final predictions um, for this game. Where do you see this game going? 
Where do I see this game going? That's a good question. Said it last week. I'll say it again and hope I don't eat my words. Dominance. I think the 49ers are going to dominate in this game. When you look at the matchup, the New York Giants are a team that's well-coached and not as great on paper. You know, when you look at the, the team, and they just got even worse on paper. I think that that is, a, that is a, another, uh, you know, point that you have to point out. They just got worse on paper by losing a top edge rusher, by losing their top offensive, uh, the two top offensive linemen on the left side. You lost your star running back too. And so when you look at it, where are the significant matchups that the Eagles, oh, sorry, not Eagles, the Giants are going to win? The one that I can honestly point out is Dexter Lawrence. That's the lone matchup that I think the 49ers don't have an advantage at um, over the middle. Apart from that, I think they have the advantage everywhere else. I'm expecting dominance, probably going to go with maybe around 31-10 or 31-13. I don't think the, the, the Giants are going to score that much in this game. I don't think it's going to be the comeback like they saw last week. And I don't think the 49ers put their foot off the gas. I think they score healthily again. I think that Wink Martindale might provide some, you know, some tougher things. That's where I bring up coaching. But I think that this is going to be a win for the 49ers and a pretty comfortable one. I'm going big on this one, Rohan. Uh, I'm going extreme here. Maybe I'm a little homer. I saw the Cowboys kick kick the crap out of the Giants, 40-0. to zero. Uh, We are not the Cardinals. We're, we're the 49ers. I have the 49ers winning humongously, probably their biggest win of the season. I got them 42-6. to six. Yeah, I said it. 42 Damn. to 6. That's my prediction. Studies. Damn. Okay. There we go. I, I could be wrong, obviously, right? But uh that's how I that's how I see it, man. It's going to be bad. I think a lot of people are going to be tuning out on this game. If you're not a 49ers fan, you're probably not going to want to watch this game past the third quarter is my uh -huh. guess because it's going to be a blowout. And that's also why I say Ronnie Bell's going to get his today. Hopefully that's the case, man. I think the Niners are going to go crazy. I think they're going to get six sacks. I think it's going to be a big day for the 49ers. I think backups are going to be playing. We might even see a little Sam Darnold in the fourth quarter, believe it or not. That's my thoughts on this game. Again, maybe I'm wrong. We'll find out. Uh, the good news is we'll find out quickly here at about 5.15 Pacific Standard Time. Rohan, oh, you know what, man? We, we got a super chat, and I didn't even get it, man. I oh, apologize. Cool. HR, thank you for giving Rohan a super chat. Says, been following your grind since day one, Rohan. I remember you paying to come out to training camp. Do you follow teams outside of NFL? Go Warriors. What are your college or professional plans? Hey, I, first of all, I really appreciate the support. Thank you for the super chat as well. I mean, do I follow teams outside of the NFL? Yeah, I'm a pretty big basketball fan. Um, so I follow the NBA in a very similar capacity to the NFL. It's just obviously not with as big of a profile. Um, I'm a Bay Area kid, so I know the Warriors probably the best. Also, I like the UFC. That's uh, that's probably my number three right now. You know, uh, that's that's creeping up there. College of professional plans. I'm currently in college. Um, we'll see. Professional plans. Don't necessarily know it right now, but uh, college plans. Doing a couple of things. Um, this is definitely one one idea I have. Um, have a couple of other interests. You know, um, technical side, some things as well. You know, I, I've got a couple of different interests in here, but excited to continue the grind here i mean this is a a big hobby of mine uh, and hope we'll see where it goes right on row give everyone that reminds you uh, it's in the details of the description you can go click the link and follow rohan but give them a reminder what's the name of your channel you search up my name rohan chakravarti you're going to find my channel a lot of content on there including this stream itself you can also search me up on twitter and on 49ers web zone where i write um a lot of content for the 49ers so a lot of different ways to find me. But, Ryan, before we head on out, want to give you a shout-out. Appreciate you for hosting today's show. Great one, as always. My pleasure, my guy. Hey, everyone watching, if, if just a reminder, I'm a real estate broker and mortgage broker in the state of California. I also sell solar. I have a solar business. Hit me up about all those things. Also, please go subscribe to the new channel. It's called At You Should Do This. The link's also in the description. And then you can also go to Underdog Fantasy. That details in the description if you want to place your wager. Spend 30, maybe you win six. If Rohan's right, uh, then we all just give him a little, you know, break him off a little bit. Give him a little peace. Nah, thank, Ro, uh, thanks for, so much for being here, man. Good show as always. Looking forward to this game tonight, and I'll see you next week, buddy. Yes, sir.
Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.